This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 404. And the quote of the day is, Necessity is the mother of invention. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hello, 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 hello. This is episode Fo Fo, and this is, I don't know, I was trying to figure out a way to make my name and drummer's resource rhyme with hello and Fo Fo, but it didn't work. Anyway, <laughs> this is Nick. This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and I'm kind of losing my mind over here because I'm all hopped up on coffee. Anyway, one thing I want to let you know about real quick is the Instagram stuff that's happening and it's called DR60, hashtag DR60. It's a great way for you to win cool prizes like symbols and sticks and practice pads and microphones and all kinds of other stuff. If you like free gear, then I would recommend that you do this. Go on Drummer's Resource or go on Instagram, follow Drummer's Resource, turn on your post notifications. As soon as we post something, comment, leave a nice thoughtful comment and then leave a hashtag dr60 and what i mean by a thoughtful comment don't just put like a thumbs up i'm saying add to the conversation a little bit so turn on your post notifications soon as we post leave a comment use the hashtag dr60 you're automatically entered to win a lot of really really cool prizes the reason why it's called dr60 is because we want you to respond or comment within the first 60 seconds of us posting. That's why you have to have your post notifications on. So check that out. That's on Instagram, giving away a ton of stuff. So if you like free gear, if you like free stuff, definitely get involved in that. And let's get into this conversation. This is with Eric Lederman. And this is a really cool interview because if for those of you who pay attention to late night television, I'm sure that you've seen it floating around online as well. So Late Night with Seth Meyers is a show that has a house drummer named Fred Armisen. And Fred is also an actor. He's in Portland. He's been in a bunch of movies, all kinds of different stuff. And he's constantly on the road. He's constantly filming and stuff like that. So they started getting drummers to fill in for him. And now it's sort of become this thing. It's become sort of a rite of passage as a drummer to come through late night and play on this show. And they've had all kinds, I mean, they've had Vinnie Caliuta, they've had Josh Freeze, they've had Carter McLean, they've had Brian Frazier Moore, they had Eric Moore, they've had a long list of other people. And again, it's just this really cool thing that they're doing. And Eric and I talk about how late night television has been centered on the drummer for years, ever since Johnny Carson. So we talk about that whole history and lineage and all that stuff and how now in 2018, Eric is now the guy who's leading that charge and spotlighting the drummer. He's a drummer as well, and he's a producer on the show. So this has been a dream come true for him to be able to run this show and to have all these rotating drummers in there. So this is just a really great conversation. We talk a lot about career. We talk a lot about going after the things that you want to do. We talk about how he transitioned from a drummer to being a producer on Late Night with Seth Meyers. So just a ton of great information. So I'm going to stop talking. Let's get into it with Eric Lederman. All right, we good? Yeah. Yes. Ready? Yes, sir. We are in, where are we? We're in NBC Studios, right? We are in 30 Rockefeller Plaza, mm-hmm. which is uh, NBC Studios are here. Can you state um, your name and date of birth oh, for the record? Oh, fuck. I forgot. <laughs> uh, I'm Eric Lederman. I'm producer at Late Night with Seth Myers. 
Um, and yeah, we're in 30 Rockefeller Plaza right now. There's several buildings in Rockefeller and NBC is in um, most of them. It's kind of spread out, like mm -hmm. sales is in one building. Like we're like next to sports and then SNL is here and um, Tonight Show is here. Right. Like Megyn Kelly this building, is here. Like what is this building that This is um, 30 Megyn Rock. Kelly. What's is... everybody think about the Megyn Kelly show? Oh, I'm not going to answer any of those questions. Does <laughs> 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 Megyn Kelly play drums? Do you want me to book her? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm here to pitch you Megyn Kelly. She's, <laughs> you know, she's an incredible journalist, but you also know she's a hell she's a of a death metal An player. amazing drummer. Really fast feet, like incredible left hand. Like you just yeah. got to see her just rage. I didn't know that. Did you know that Emeril Lagasse is a drummer? No. I didn't know that either. By the way, every, now now that like, you know, I've been in this job a couple of years, you know, everyone's, I've learned, a, everyone's a drummer. Yeah. I think like years ago, he, that's why he had like a live band. And really? Like, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, is that where Bam came from? I don't know. Well, what's that? That, that, that's the podcast that was, to get. Get him hey, on. Hey, Emerald, I want to do a podcast with you. I just have literally one question for you. Like, I don't want, really care about anything else. I just want to know like, where band where came from, band, if it's drum related. And then we'll wrap. And that's it. So what? So this build, like, what What area is this that we're, well, we're Is just, this, like, some auxiliary, like, we're office just on kind the, of? We're on the 15th floor. So, right. like, there's different, like, this is all NBC, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, ad sales, like, digital. Um, they're all spread out, like, you know, I mean, NBC Universal and Comcast. It's all, you know, one big all conglomerate one now. now yeah. So everything is, like... There's thousands and thousands of employees between right. here and LA. And then, you know, they have sports up in Connecticut and mm -hmm. it's gigantic. And sometimes I forget, especially after the merger, you know, the, right. the it, NBC Universal, merger. NBC Universal, Comcast. It's all, it's like, I, mean, I don't, I, I, I want to say the number, but I want to say it's like 10,000 plus employees, maybe more. Makes sense. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and they have benefits. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> they do, guys. And there's a, there's a good reason to work here. There really is. So, where are you originally from? Um, I was born in Long Island. Okay. Um, so I am a typical East Coaster. But when I was like just before I was two, we split. And my dad um, is a sports was a sports broadcaster. So he got the ten o'clock seat at NBC um, doing sports on uh, uh, in Chicago. So we moved to Chicago when I was like two. So I, I grew up my my whole life, and I went to school in Iowa. So oh. I'm, pretty, I'm I'm pretty much Midwest. Okay. You like you Blackhawks, Cubs. I'm I'm White Sox uh -huh. and Bulls. Okay. But the reality is, like, sports for me are, like, I'd rather play sports than, like, follow sports. Right. That's probably why I'm not friends with a lot of my guys from high school anymore, because now they have, like, kids in sports and, and you're like, I just probably drugs. But, you I know, don't. it's like, I'm not really into any of those things. <laughs> what, the guys from high school are doing drugs and they have kids? No, I mean, like, all those kids. They're all, like, professionals, I assume. They still, like, they, right. you know, they party in their own way, but they're like, yeah, we're going to all go to Vegas this weekend. Like, you're, like, you know, you're just not into it. No, I just think, I think I'm just a different person and they're, they're different people and, and, uh. I think it's just two two completely different modes of existence. Right. And I, I love all of them. We're just not close, you know. Like you grow, you grow, you, you grow out of your. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Um, but they're they're all pretty amazing guys in their own way. They're just into different things. But like when you were younger, though, were you like were you the partier? Um, the, mm, I feel like you could be. No, I think. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I feel like you would be. When we talk about partying, I think it's really funny, especially like always being in TV my whole life. And knowing that's where I was going to make my living and it doing drums on the side. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> never, ne never any of that stuff. It was the idea of, um, I, let, let me rephrase. I was always in TV and always wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. But I, but like drums, is, I was always working and hustling to do drums because if that popped, I would do it. But you meet a lot of people in comedy and TV who came to like partying late. Right. And like I did all my partying in high school and college, like hard. Like I went, yeah. I went hard and, and yeah, yeah. had some fun times and whatnot. But and then when everyone like, it's almost like there's a lot of late late bloomers to that stuff in and, and many industries, but I find a lot of it in comedy. It's like 
People just come into their own a little bit later with that stuff. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm happy to say that I, I got it out of my you system got it out early. Of your system. Yeah, now if I would have like got some gig like, you know, <laughs> hey man, like, you know, do you want, do you still want to uh, audition for Eagles of Death Metal or something like that? And then I got that and I did, who knows what would happen. I'd probably be dead. <laughs> right. You know? But then I'd feel bad. Like, i call my parents. I'm like, I don't want to embarrass you. I'm going to, like, stop doing all this and come R- on. Right. Okay. It was a good run. <laughs> well, there was, I think, you know, I was definitely not a naive guy, like, growing up and everything. Right. But it was like, do you party? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like to party. But, right. And they're like, and then it's like, oh, that's code for, do you do code? And I was like, oh. I didn't realize that that, yeah, like, And party. I was like, oh, I thought, no, I thought, like, I like, yeah, like, partying and having a good time. I like, didn't realize I didn't that till later, too, but no one spoke like that because everyone just, like, drank and, like, smoked a little, you know, not right. a little, but, like, it was, like, weed and beer. Yeah. And then, like, maybe, like, you know. They would like trip on mushrooms and doing that stuff, but like I just like saw that stuff. But then, then when people now talk about drugs and like what that means on the road, like I just find a lot of people like who just come into life late, then like oh you party, and I'm just like oh that means hard stuff, right? You know, yeah. I'm just like no, no. get out of here. <laughs> like, I'll have a glass of wine and yeah, yeah. I'll have a couple, a couple glasses of wine and call it a night. <laughs> yeah, also, good. it's eleven fifteen. Do you know where your children are? <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like don't, you go worry about something. I can go home to my dog and I'm fine. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I'm glad that I'm glad I did all that stuff early. So when you you grew up in Chicago or yes. the Chicago area, right? Or you North suburbs? No, no I am not city at all. I'm North no. suburbs. Yeah, yeah. I I, li- I grew up by a lake and a low crime rate. That's good. Like I'm cool with that. So what was I mean? Your dad was obviously in the sports, but what about you? Were you were you playing sports? You I played sports, for? and I played. I've been playing drums since I was in fifth grade. Okay, since I was ten. Why did you start bands. playing drums? Tommy Lee, man, girls, girls, girls tour. I could not believe. I'm like, that dude is literally spinning in a cage above a bunch of people. These tunes rip. I was really in a theater of pain. And then like, I'm like, oh, it was like the end of the cycle. And then mm-hmm. Girls, Girls, Girls comes out. They like have like a whole new look, you know? And I was like, oh, this is great. Now what are they gonna do on the tour? And you read, see in mag- everything's magazines, right. of course. And um, these pictures started coming out with this dude spinning um, in a drum kit above the stage. Then the Pearl ad came out for with him doing that. You know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, widely featured pearl ad and modern drummer of him mm-hmm. just like spinning upside down and I'm like yeah I want to do that yeah uh, for sure <laughs> like I definitely want to do that and I just picked up snare drum and I just I went right for it I mean what you, what, what do easy, I want to do play guitar and that's an easy gig to get you know like that oh, yeah that's how it works <laughs> okay so I want his job but little did I know like that's the funny thing like you say that as a kid you're like oh I want to I want to be that guy I want to be in that band but the way that my career has progressed I've been parallel to those things and you know if i like would have tried to been like a real uh, a touring guy or mm. definitely not i didn't have the skills for a session but i definitely could be like a touring rock drummer right who knows remember you know sam maloney got that gig mm-hmm. you know when when tommy left i i've been in so many situations when I, I was in la for 13 years before i moved back to new york for this job but like i could have easily fallen into that and, right. and at least be in a position where i could have auditioned or like who knows you know, mm-hmm. it, it, I, there was a couple of twists and turns. I'm like, I was really close to that fire. You yeah. know what I mean? But I, I was, you know, I'm a kid from the North Suburbs. Like I just told you, like it would have been, I was like, oh, maybe if that works out cool. Yeah, if yeah. not like, I probably should look at a job with benefits. <laughs> so, you know, it's a real dichotomy for me of, of both things. I had, it's funny that you say that. I was, literally before I got here, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who first, like his first concert, like in the 90s was, Matchbox Twenty and something, right? Oh, poor guy! But now he's managing like the band and That's managing rock, and it's just like, you know, he's like, how could I ever? Like, I could have never, never imagined. I never imagined. That's wonderful that, that this stuff is going to happen. Isn't that you know? great though? It but is. It's, 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 That's what it's all about. And I, th- I mean, most of it is 
you know, you're you're in these situations. You're kind of like, well, how did I get here? And you're like, well, I I drove here. Like <laughs> I, you know, like I put I put this thing in place and I went after this thing. And and it's like whether you look like a bodybuilder or you're 300 pounds overweight or whatever. It's like how'd you get here? It's like well, that's the stuff that I pursued. Like I I followed after these things. And if you do it enough shit in a row, and sun's gonna pop. At something, at some point, I think so, and I, I I know just enough from your your social media presence. I think that's your attitude is is a healthy one, um, and I think it's the idea of like this is what you want. You have to go for it. There's a million other people who want it, right? But most of those million people aren't really organized and don't really have an idea of what it's like. But then again, in 2018, and more so than 2017 or any other year before that. It is everything feels very random and with social media like how mm -hmm. you get gigs and how you become successful and how things work out for you like, i was i never intended to co-run a television show and then also book um the greatest drummers in the world to come on every right. week much less like who would ever let me do that right it is it's a combination of passion but also like i i can't say it's drive it's just about like opportunity comes your way mm -hmm. and if you're lucky enough to work with people like i work for who are letting me you know, we're all part of the ship, but like right. they're letting me like control my my part of the ship. I'm not very familiar with any like naval terms, and I can't like <laughs> say a part of a boat. The mast, I don't know. <laughs> right. That part of the boat, the cabin, the Sounds stern, good. I don't know. Right. The sails. Anyway, I'm out. But you're not the captain. I'm not. I'm not. And I didn't <laughs> see the, Titanic the, uh, enough to like the hull is bre breached. Breached. Yeah. We've, we've reached the hull. Yeah, we've reached the hull. Where are you? No, breached. We breached the hull. Yeah. Oh, we haven't reached it. Well, I've reached the hull. Where are you? It's flooding. Get out. I don't know. Okay, they'll make a movie about that someday that'll be very famous. You'll see. <laughs> um, but um, it, just, it just also kind of happens. And I can't, but again, who is, in my mind, I don't have uh, much of an ego. I think it like spikes sometimes. But like, who is more qualified than me to co-run a television show and book drummers? I, I would love to know who that person is. Right. But I never like, they never like said that they, you know, when they were hiring me that they were looking for this or I was looking for this. It's a combination of things that happen because of, you know, Fred and because of the show and just because of the need. Mm -hmm. So when we're going back to talking about passion, like how you get there, it's never as you expected. Right. And there's so few people. It's like, oh, I always want to do this. It's like, I always want to be a doctor and I became a doctor. Not in this business. Like right. you just fall into something and then you grab what's given to you and then you make the most out of that. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep growing from there. And It's funny. There's, you know, Ryan Serhant, the guy from... Uh, what show is that? Uh, Million Dollar Listing, New York, right? He's I know the show, but I don't know him. So here, so he's, edit that part out, Ryan. Really, no offense. Great guy, I'm sure he is. I just don't know. Well, he listens to this, but oh no, no I'm just kidding. Uh, but he moved to New York, was an actor, mm -hmm. wasn't getting gigs, wasn't getting gigs, wasn't getting gigs. Uh, started doing like random like hand modeling, you know. Hot. And a, a friend of his was like, "Dude, you should just get your real estate license and maybe like rent an apartment or two while you're trying to get gigs." He got really into real estate, becomes one of the biggest real estate agents in the world. Wow. And now he's on television and he has two television shows. And so he always talks about it. He's like, I ended up doing exactly what I really wanted to do. I just sort of went about it a different way. So it's like for you, maybe you didn't say I want to work for television and book drummers, but it's like these are the things that are really important to me. And through all of these opportunities that you're taking advantage of now. I think like a power of yes, I don't know. There's, I've never read any self-help books or like right. Celestine Prophecy or any kind of like willing myself to become something. And I don't consider myself an overly positive person. <laughs> right. um, I'm in comedy, you know what I mean? Like I was, right. uh, you know, like running writer's rooms and or producing shows um, uh, and then working my way up to, to running and, and now co-running, you know, a big network show. Like, 
it's like I, I it just the way I can't I'll never get over like the way any of this stuff happens especially again especially in this business it's very silly like how things actually like how you think it's going to be right like I'm like oh like when I was on you know I was touring and doing that stuff with bands I'm like I'm getting closer to something getting closer in something and then uh, just went a completely different way yeah you know so it's like okay so I don't I don't know I, I like that I kind of uh driven and had a, and was educated lucky enough to be educated and and you know a good support system and mm-hmm. stuff and I think those are the things that allowed me to flex when these situations were were presented to me right so tell me about the move to LA you were yeah that was a fun it was a funny one in 2013 I had already at that point been um I had I had at that point I uh, run my first show and I was like you know I would kind of stop playing in music like for to make it, mm-hmm. let me and rewind. Re- let me yes. rewind a little bit. How did was, you? How did you get in? Because I think if ma- trying to quote unquote make it in music, yes. is a tough gig, right? Yes. So I would think the only other tough, really tough, comparable gig would be to try to make it in television, right? Sure. So, so you're choosing two pretty hard career paths. I, I would equate acting and, and, musician. and musician versus what you do. I think so. Yeah. Right. I mean, here's the thing. Like, so I'll, I'll give you the the, the quick synopsis. Let's. I was in LA and like I moved to LA from New. I moved to New York right after college in like '99. I was there for like two years. In May in 2001, I got an opportunity. Like I left the Daily Show as a PA there. Mm-hmm. It was my first job, and it was like when I got there, a bunch of people had moved to make room for me. A lot of promotions. So after a year, I was kind of like, you know what? If I stay in this right now, I could be here forever. I could be a PA for a couple of years, and I just feel like there's more. And someone. Um. And so then I left to go work in education. So I was in, in, in like, you know, down in Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. I was like wearing a shirt and tie and like I looked ridiculous and I was like working with a bunch of, you know, uh, middle-aged men and women um, in their, fift- you know, like 50s and stuff. And I was like in the middle of the Board of Education. And I'm like, oh, no, this is exactly what I don't want to be doing. There's more red tape here, edu- you know, state of education in this country is a mm-hmm. mess, especially in New York. Like it was, it, was, it was a tough time. Right. How old were you? I was, I don't know, 23, 24. Okay. Yeah. And so then I got a job as um, as a writer's assistant on the Andy Dick Show in L.A. with a friend of mine who um, worked on the Daily Show. He's like, I'm the head writer. Come be the writer's assistant. I go, okay, I'll go there for a couple months and try it. And what's a writer's assistant? Writer's assistant is, is someone who basically like calls all the material, you know, takes notes, you know, distributes scripts, uh, makes edits, changes. Um, but did you go to school for any of this? Or? Yeah, for yeah. I did communications. Okay, you know, and I always knew I was going to do television. I always knew I was going to do television producing, right. and then like try to. And I can't even say I was going to do music. I'm like, I'm going to always played in bands, but I'm like, ultimately, I'm going to be a television producer. Okay. Like that's what I'm. Right. It's in the it's in the blood, and and I get it, and it, it and it makes sense to me, and I'm comfortable with that. So long story longer, I um, I get this opportunity in L.A. and I end up like I'm there for a month. I'm like, oh my god, it's not a, it's not a struggle. I'm going to buy a car. So I like put all my money. I bought a car, and then I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to live here now. So then I moved to L.A. and I lived there for 13 years doing. Um, TV, freelance TV, jumping from job to job. Like I worked with like, you know, Andy Dick and David Spade and um, uh, Zach Galifianakis, um, Sasha Baron Cohen. Like I got lots of opportunities to like entry mid and then like coming up on like senior level jobs, like senior producer and titles. All these TV titles mean right. different things at different uh, jobs. But um, yeah, Comedy Central, MTV, just bouncing around. And then at night I would... I was getting into my own original bands again and like doing that pretty quickly and really trying to do it. And so I'd rehearse, you know, I'd leave work at 7.38 and I'd rehearse till 12, three, four nights a week. Mm-hmm. And I just kept doing that, doing that. And then um, 
I eventually got a break with a band with Scott Ian um, and his wife, Pearl, who's Meatloaf's daughter, who mm -hmm. is an incredible singer. She has a new record coming out now. Everyone should check it out. It's really good. She's got a great voice. Um, they saw me playing an original band through my friend Brian Posehn, who hired me to do a bunch of comedy stuff. And he's also a metalhead, so we um, connected on that. And he's like, you should come see my friend play drums because I know that Pearl's looking for a drummer. So I was doing, my, like I said, all my own original stuff. They saw me, He saw me play and he auditioned me for Pearl's band. And next thing I know, like a month later, we're opening up for Velvet Revolver on their last tour in the UK. Nice. And it was insane. And like, um, uh, then like we did tours of Meatloaf in Europe and then US tours. So that's like around 2008 to like 2010. And I met my now ex-wife um, uh, on those, on that tour in 2008. And so that was like a real whirlwindy time of like, you know, I got endorsements finally, like right. we played, you know, television shows, like I was touring, like I had sticks with my name on them. Like at that point I could have croaked and been like this, um, everything I ever want to do. And think about most people, it's like actors, most people like who get to be in a movie. It's like how many musicians actually get to hear their kick over a giant PA with like 10,000 people who are, you know, they're not to see you necessarily, but they see the headliner, but you get to be yeah. a part of that. I mean, that to me is... I, I had won at that point. Mm -hmm. Everything I'd written about in like junior high and elementary school and talked about with my friends or wanted to be in my room was happening. Mm -hmm. I was a catering with fucking Duff McKagan. Right. Uh, like, I'm like, this is great. And I, and I was natural with it. I wasn't like over here. I was just like, I was a television producer. Right? So like, I knew how to keep my cool. I've been around right. famous people. And, right. and I understand that world. And I fit in nicely. And it was like, it was great. So I kept doing that. And then the Pearl thing kind of faded away. My wife, had uh, she moved to... LA and then I started to get more serious about TV and put drums on the side because like, you know, nice Jewish boy. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and like say I can make a living or want to have a family being a touring player. I don't have the, that's just not who I am. Right. And, I, and I didn't have enough faith in my ability to do it. So did I- you ever, Did you ever wrestle with that a little bit of, of like- It's not a hard decision. It wasn't a hard decision for no? me. I knew like when I got married, it was time to do this. I didn't, no one need to push me and be like, you need to stop playing your drums. It's right. like, okay. I, well, I was it, was it because- the ability was it just the drive? Like you didn't, you just didn't want to go it's a down combination. that road. I think it was like I, I am a, I wanted to taste as many things as I could in, in life, and right. I still feel that way a bit. You know what I mean? I'm a little older, and I'm kind of like it's a very stable, amazing gig, and I'm, I love it, and um, I, I couldn't even say like what's next because I'm enjoying myself so much for like the first time ever right. in like a job. So that that is. Um, it's you know like when you're when you're responsible in a relationship and responsible for another person they're responsible for you then you think about things a little differently and sure being in LA you spend time in LA you see what goes on there you know it's like you're a drummer uh, you're a musician you're an actor it's like you have to really be dedicated and again to quote Nick you know it's like to quote you it's like I don't you have to be 120% for real, no cheese. You have to do it because someone else is gonna come with less talent and more drive and take it away from you. Right. And better looking. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they will. Yeah. And that and that's the thing. So, and I look at guys like that are like, oh, I wanna go and, and get this touring gig or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's great. Brian Fraser Moore is your is your competition. Yeah. You know, Josh Freeze is your competition. That's right. Like, can you hang with these guys? If you can, then, then go do it. And I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from like, following no, that thing but that, I'm like you need hard. to but you need to realize that you're not going up against like Joe Schmo who lives right down the street absolutely like you, you're going up against guys that'll fucking blow your doors off at any uh, at usually at any sort of style too so like absolutely. can you can you do that if you can't you better reevaluate 
and and that's the thing. And I knew I was. I'm like, I knew I was a good. I knew I was a, a good to very good rock player. Right. I knew I put on a great show. I knew I'm I'm someone that people would love to have on tour, and that's also half the battle. Of course. So I'm like, I could do this, mm-hmm. but like, I just didn't know if I wanted to like. You know, it, not do my own original thing. Like I, I like the idea of sweating it out in a van, my own stuff. But then, like, just being a touring gun, like, mm, I just didn't have. It. I love touring, though. Yeah, like, I love it. But at the same time, I was just like, I did it. It was cool. But like, I don't. Let's see. I don't want to ice my arms every night and like, you know, hope to you know come back with like a dollar in my pocket. It's just not who I was. Right. So at that I get point, that. Yeah, I'm you know the what same I mean? way. It's like I don't. If it was my, if it was my band, and like you said, sweating it out for your own stuff, that's yeah. fine. But like, I don't want to go do like the Kelly Clarkson gig or whatever. Like, I just don't. It's just not my. It's just not my DNA. But there's someone who's it is, and they'll die for it, and yeah. they'll be cool having a family, and then that that person's you know wife or husband is at home being like understand what that gig is, mm-hmm. and and it's a great arrangement. Right, and there's. And there's more people than ever now who want to be in the arts, mm-hmm. who want to be actors, musicians. You know what I mean? Like it's much, there's more people. And and social media, I'll say it again, shows people how to do things easier. You know, um, whether it's tutorials or connections, it's so much easier to like, how do I get this person's information? Like, it, so there's more communication and thus more competition than ever. Right. So you better, when it comes down to you can have the look and the personality and show up on time. And you still have to have the skills. You mm-hmm. really, you really do. Yeah. So I understood that very early in my life, and that's a gift. I think I have like the gift of self awareness is my favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, that I have. It hurts me sometimes, but it also has really helped me. Is that something stuff. that you developed, or you just have it? I've always had that. Do you think that you can learn how to be more self aware? No. No. I don't believe people change, but that's a, that's a, that's a different podcast. Real. Well, we uh, well <laughs> let's touch on it a little bit. I don't I don't really think that people. I think it's a, you can always become like a better student or like get your grades up, you know that kind of thing, or get better results. But I think ultimately people's personality. I think it, as a blanket statement, and someone and there's lots of people who will disagree with me right. that people can change. It's like yeah, people can change, but ultimately, like as an adult, you are who you are. Right. Now you're a 12 year old kid and like you're screwing up in school and like you're shy or you know um, you're socially awkward or whatever your problem is. Most most kids will grow out of that. Some won't, but like that that's the time to make change. Right. We're fully formed. I really believe, you know, by the time, you know, we're in our you know, I'd say early 20s at that point, even like sooner. And um, anyone, all the guys I know from high school, we were talking about the guys I know from high school earlier, they're the same dudes. Mm-hmm. And they have serious responsibilities, much more serious than mine. You know, they have, right. um, I'm just talking about my, my guy friends, like they have wives and kids and whatnot. And um, there's very few of them who don't have those responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And they're still themselves. Like, yeah, they, they take on those responsibilities and challenges, but they're still themselves at the core. Right. And the way that they deal with their other relationships and stuff is still built on really who they were as kids, I think. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with, you know, their peers, their parents, their teachers, the institutions, right. you know, uh, uh, any kind of, you know, um, neighborhood they grew up in, you know, how the socioeconomic, t- everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a complicated thing. And I think it all happens young. And that's when you're impressionable. And then that's why I, I that's my hypothesis. Like, that's why people don't change. Because there's so much information coming, so much happening. Right. You get to a point, it's just like, oh, you are who you are. You and, are who you are. And, I, and thus, I'm like, eh. I've got to realize that, like, I want stability, mm-hmm. and that's and that's it. Right. And that, that's 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 how I feel about it. Many will disagree. Don't Do you- care. 
Listen, if you haven't already, I recommend checking out the new Sonar SQ-1 series. First of all, they're made out of birch. So what that does is give you balanced low, mid, and high range tuning. Second, they have a sound sustainer system. And what this does is it completely separates the metal hardware from the wooden shell. It is metal on rubber. And they actually borrowed this technology from the car manufacturers. And third, this may be my favorite part, but the colors and styles of legendary classic cars were the inspiration for the color collection for the SQ-1 series. So they're four matte lacquer surfaces and they make these kits look beautiful. So they look beautiful and they sound amazing. Check them out by going to sonar.com. For those of you who are trying to hit harder, but you don't want your sticks breaking all the time, check out the new Promark Firegrain Drumsticks. This is a revolutionary heat tempering process that transforms ordinary hickory drumsticks into precision tools with unprecedented durability. Keeping their original weight and balance and feel, Promark Firegrain Sticks allow drummers to hit harder and play longer naturally without any excess vibration. There's no space age gimmicks, anything like that. It's just hickory that is hardened by flame. They're also available in classic forward balance and select balance across a variety of sizes, so they got you covered. You can check them out by going to Promark.com. Now let's get back into it with Eric Lederman. I feel like there's some things that, and I don't, I want to say this correctly because I don't want to make it sound like people don't work hard for what they have, but I feel like there's some people who things just sort of happen for them. Absolutely. And do you feel like, do you feel like you had to like grind and it had to like have all this grit to get the stuff that you have? Or do you think you're sort of one of the guys where like the pieces sort of just tend to fall together? I think it's a a combination of things. I never gave up on music and drums. I always made it a point. I've had to force music in a lot of times, mm-hmm. as n- not as a fan and as an avid like concert goer and, and, and whatnot, and just person who's invested in, in music. But uh, yeah, I mean like every job that like I had to fight for in TV to get me here that I had to like eke out and push for and like you know try to get hired back the next season and get a title change so the next job would take me more seriously. That's a grind. Mm-hmm. The world of freelance television is a grind, um, and I feel like you know it's uh, a, a musician for hire situation too you get right. in you get the gig that's great you got the gig but now you got to grind it out every day now be, you gotta keep it be pleasant and like uh keep, you know keep your body in shape and like listen and realize it's not about you um just like this gig is all the drummers come in here i'm like i gotta remind some guys like hey man this show is about seth and his comedy and we are all the supporting cast right and you know fred fred and i not to get off track but fred and i when, when i first started and we were putting the he band together it had to happen very quickly. And so great that Fred came in to curate the band because like, it, it was gonna be a DJ before. There was talk of like a DJ instead of a band. So Fred bring, Fred's like, well, he, he, Fred, Fred Arvison's gonna curate the band. Do you know him? I'm like, yeah, like very loosely from LA. I, I knew him years back. But it was so great because we were on the same page about like, hey man, this is a great gig. Mm-hmm. Like people come here, like you know, they got they've worked hard and and they've been around the block and they understand how it works and this is coveted stuff. And the people who are here aren't gonna; those are people who didn't you know take it for granted and are here to here to hustle. Mm-hmm. And they and they're all reason they're here and they're going to be in this band or be a part of the shows because they've come from other places. And it's a it's a gift to be in a job like this. It's yeah. a gift to be in a situation like this. Yeah. So. Um, we had that exact same philosophy, so it was very easy, like to build the band, and even to this day to manage 
the way like that he allows me to book, the way that we communicate. We're like very, and you'll see when you when you speak to him, you know, you can certainly ask him about that. Like, I really feel that like um, he easily could have been like you know much different um, uh, a colleague of mine, you know, because he it's his band, and I just right. me and Eli and the rest of the band, you know, we oversee it for him and keep it in his vision. But also with this drum drum thing, like it has to be varied, mm-hmm. and we bring in people from all walks of musical life. Right. So, but he's really been the person, obviously. Um, Seth and, and my boss, Mike, Mike Shoemaker, have allowed me to do all that stuff, but um, they trust me to do it. And they also know, we also have that same attitude, which is just, man, it's lovely. Yeah. It's rare that you that it all syncs up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk about the catalyst behind all the stuff with, with Fred and starting the band. And then, like I said, the way that I found out about it, I was literally flipping through the channels and I was like, is that Josh Freeze? This and, is like 2015, probably? Yeah, and yeah. I was like, why... I was like, why is Josh Freeze playing on this show? <laughs> and I was like, at first I was like, oh, maybe there, you know, there's a musical guest, right? And yeah, I was yeah. Like, Wait a minute. He's just playing with the band. Yeah, the band. And yeah. then like, he's like, uh, you know, Seth is like, oh, Josh Freeze is sitting in with us. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then like a couple weeks later, somebody else, I was like, Wait a minute, what the hell? And then I started, you know, figuring it out. But how did the whole thing? How did the whole thing come about? Because of. Fred's schedule? Or? You're exactly my demographic. That's exactly the kind of everyone's like, you know, we talk about the drum bookings as being a little bit of like an unsung thing, you know, but like we're drummers, right? Right. And we're all musicians and it's that thing where it's like, and dr- someone's, pe- the host is, Seth Myers is talking to a drummer and like and next week, it's like, it's just And you and I talked thing. about this before, like you and I had a long phone conversation about it that people don't realize that late night television was always about the drummer. Yeah, that's a big, this is a big philosophy thing. I have. Yeah, you know? I'm saying I'm very proud of, yeah, for sure. Think about it, I mean, it's always, it's always been about the drummer, mm-hmm. you know, from Shaughnessy and, and Carson, and even going back to big bands where drummers led the band. Right. The Louis Belson big band, is, mm-hmm. that, is that the right? Uh, you know, I'm not up on my big band drummers, but I will tell you that like, so they've always been the center point, you know, now up to like, you know, Anton, you know, and Dave always had a thing on Letterman. And right. obviously Quest is like, you know, is the next chapter of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Max Weinberg, of course, with Conan, right. like part of the sketches, you know. Right. And again, Quest, always part of the comedy, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And when Fred is here, him and Seth have a banner. It's part of the comedy. And Letterman had drum solo week. I always always forget how many things it is. Right. And um, it, it, to me, it's like this is the next logical progression, mm-hmm. which is now all the drummers. Right. And yeah, and that's what happened. Fred was Fred is super busy. You know, you see Fred in tons of movies and you know, the stand up special for drummers he did and Portlandia and he's got he's always got something going on. He's super um multifaceted talent, you know, like he really is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he's a great musician. Right. But then he's like as a result he's not here. And um it was really obvious. I'm like, why don't I know the best drummers in the world? certainly rock and metal guys, and I know who the best fusion jazz players are as well, and I'm gonna get them. And that was it, and mm-hmm. I started going after when everyone. When he came in though, was what was the plan? He came in on guitar, and we okay. had a drummer. Uh, we had Kim Thompson playing drums okay. at the beginning. And then Fred wanted to go back to drums, so Fred went back to drums, and um, we had, we added, we always, uh, you know, flirted like with two guitar players. You know, like we had like Eleanor Friedberger come in, and because when Fred wasn't here in the beginning, we would bring in guitar players. Mm-hmm. And then we always had Kim on drums, and then this guy Matt Schultz came in on drums for a while, who's a local great drummer from New York. And then when Fred moved to drums and he wasn't here, I'm like, it was like the, it was a, it, well, I can't say it was like a eureka moment, but it was pretty quick where I'm just like, oh my god, 
I want to bring in all the drummers. I know them. Like, mm -hmm. how could I not do this? And so I asked, and I'm like, how do you feel about this? And Fred and I always talking and like figuring out who those drummers were, like in early days in the beginning, figure out who it was. And I think it was like, I think it was when Abe Laboriel Jr. set in, right. and he was like effortless. And I will still go on record as saying he was the best person for this job. Yeah. He is like, like there's guys like Matt Cameron, Adam Willard, like there's some amazing rock players. Like it's a rock band, remember. The HE right. band is a rock band. Right. And at the end of the day, when those rock drummers come in and they get it, um, it, it's magical. But like when players come in who aren't rock and stuff, it's just something different. It's just the band like writes around those drummers and whatnot. So I just felt like let's just change it up every week. And it was definitely like a thing in the beginning. Like the band had to adjust to a different heartbeat every week. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? Like yeah. playing, you know, what's it called? Guitar, bass? I don't care. Any <laughs> of those dumb instruments um, in other bands. And then you, you're switching those things out, like a new vocalist every week, and just understanding like stage presence and understanding like cues and right. and just feel and tempos and a million other things that I, that I don't need to tell you or any of the listeners that goes into making a band. I'm like, I'm gonna get changed the heartbeat. It's like a heart transplant yeah. every week. And it's a gamble, and like I said, it was definitely, the band took a minute to adjust, and God bless them, and they have really figured out how to do it, and they write around the drummers, because it's all like original tunes, mm -hmm. or like, you know, little like riffs and ditties and stuff. So like, that part, like, it took a while to figure out, and now uh, I think they look forward to each week, like, who is it, you know? Yeah. And like, sometimes like, if they don't know someone, or they're like, oh man, they're just like a, such a fusion player. And I remember Sonny Emery's coming in, like, oh man, he's doing all this like earth, wind, and fire. And like, you know, they'll look up who the drummer is and, oh man, like that guy's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but this is a guy who understands the gig and he'll be able to adjust. And sure enough, like he's like clockwork. Yeah. You know, Stephen Wolf's a dude like that too, right. you know, comes in. But Abe is the first person who came in. And he's also singing too. Like he right. was outrageous. And it was just one of those things where he had that, the feel, the attitude, the vibe, it was all there. And, and I'm like, oh man, this is great. Yeah. Then Chad Smith came in. He's standing up, being Chad Smith, and oh man, I mean, I could talk about it forever. It's just like is that, that, those were magic days when I realized like what what I was um, onto, and also what I was being. Um, so I mean, allowed and, to do. so who? All, I mean, we're not going to list all the people you had, but I mm. mean, you have Abe, Chad, uh, Josh Freeze, Josh Dion, uh, Matt, Cameron, Matt Cameron, Mark Juliana. Vinny Cayuta. Yeah, when I got Aaron Vinny, Spears. when I got Vinny, everyone, the drumming community started to flip out. Yeah. I think when, because Vinny hadn't been, you know, out and about, like in a, I don't think people can imagine Vinny in a situation like that, because he's Vinny and he does like the Sting gig. Right. And, uh, Herbie Hancock, right? And mm -hmm. like he does like those gigs, but I think it's different levels of people taking notice and getting it. Can, I will say this, and I, all the drum community people can be annoyed or not, like, everyone here was slow on the uptake to what I was doing. And they yeah. still are to a point. Mm -hmm. And I don't, it doesn't bother me. Well, now it, that you're on the... Now I'm on, on the every, Drummer's Resource Podcast. Everyone Holy fuck. Oh, look out. Now it's, it's going to be, it's going to be insane. What how do many, I do? How, how do I even function anymore? Should I get rid of email? With the phone not ringing? It, like it's... <laughs> it's just going to be, it's going to be, I'm like, wait, it's not even text anymore. People I think are you may calling get, me. There may be less people interested now that you're on the podcast. I doubt it. I doubt it. This is a great podcast. Um... <laughs> But it, it's it's really struck me how it's, and and I think in a way I I'm not annoyed by it or I'm just kind of interested the way things spread and mm -hmm. it's a tight knit community like like most and drummers have you know the consummate chips on their shoulder in some way or another and I right. think it's like, uh, but I I consider myself part of the drumming community I don't consider myself like an outsider mm -hmm. but I think it's such a whole thing that uh, it's been. You know, even like when I like reach out to someone who I really want, and they're like, "Oh no, I haven't seen the show." I'm still always like a little surprised. Right. What do you mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I get a little. I'm like, "Oh, you haven't." Like, I'll send you a, a thing, but 
I'm really at, at peace with it because I can't believe the the people who come on and have and have done it. And mm-hmm. it's and I always try to branch out more and like like I've I've I have not done enough country players and um, uh, I'm, jazz players always a little tricky. Like Steve Smith was here and mm-hmm. you know a guy plays in Journey and he plays in you know Vital Information. He's Steve fucking Smith and right. he figured it out very quickly and they all come in and. And they, they make the gig work. Mm-hmm. But for some some of them, I will say, they come back in and they're used to playing like their band songs or they're used to just coming in and being treated like, you know, look, I treat guys very well here. You can ask anyone. Anyone mm-hmm. who's been in the show will know. There's not one person here who says they weren't treated well and had a right. great, great week. They just won't because it's not true. Like we treat people here very well. And we right. pride ourselves on that because it's the way we treat the guests for Seth. And and that's like a, there's this world of SNL and NBC, at NBC and, and Fallon. I know that anyone who comes and visits here, like, they are treated well, and that's a that's something that we aspire to, like each mm-hmm. day for real, like no cheese, like that's the way it goes. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's Seth's show, and it's a show about the comedy that he wants to do with the with the writing team, and we're all a part of it. But like that's priority, and it's mm-hmm. a gig. So my point is like these drummers come in, and like maybe they're like riding the bus and and uh, have like their own catering and their own special requests and needs, and then they come here, and it's a hang. And they got to hang out with the band and acclimate to the playing. Right. And, you know, we'll introduce you every night, plug your shit. Mm-hmm. Seth will talk to you. We'll, you know, we don't introduce anyone individually in the band every night because right. it's the HE band. Right. And then uh, kudos to you know, the HE band for letting the drummer take the spotlight every week, continuing mm-hmm. that late night tradition we talked about. Right. And getting um, getting to be, like, you know, a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's in some ways, like, the drummers who are unsung, like, love it and they can't wait to come back. And then the drummers who... Are used to being like you know the drummer, the guy, and the guy. Yeah. That's a better way of saying it. The guy. It takes sometimes a day or two for them to calm down, and the next thing they know, they got to go back and they're like, oh, that was really great. Oh, I got to go. Back. Oh, but then I'm going back to like my high flute and tour life. So I get all kinds. Right. But all of them, at the end of the day, I I, I really believe and I do hope that they've had a a great a great time here. And look, some are more loved and beloved than others, and just that's just a personality thing mm-hmm. and also a, a playing thing, but. There's no one who's come, who's uh, not 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 been interesting and, and unique and, right. and gotten it done mm-hmm. for sure. The interesting thing is that we talk about this lineage of drummers in late night, yeah. And now, whether you know it or not, or whether you think about it or not, you're going to be the guy that's sort of behind the next phase of like this lineage. Like it's turning yeah. into it's sort of turning into like this rite of passage now. To play on the it Seth Meyers show. It's funny. That is now that that makes me giggle because that. I is, mean, but that it is, is very giggly. You know, it's like yeah, it's kind of it's like oh yeah, I was you know I was one of the I was one of the guys that they they invited. Right. You know, like I don't think that there's anyone. I don't think there's any drummer out there that's seeing other drummers get picked to come on the show mm-hmm. that aren't like man, I'd like to. I'd like to come on the show. Some yeah, I think you that, know like I agree I'm, a, with I'm you. a drummer. I want to come on. You know, I want to come. What like I I don't see that. Unless there's someone who's like, ah, fuck it, I don't care. I don't, you know, there's people like that too. Right, but, but they still want to be asked. Yeah, of course. Maybe they're crotchety because they haven't been asked yet. You've you know? talked to more drummers than me, I'm sure. Um, Every um, single one of them now, I'm going to ask, "Have you been asked to get the invite?" Oh, that'd be very helpful. Thank you. Please do that. <laughs> how how <laughs> there's often? Nothing I want you to do more than that. How often do you hear? You know who you should get. All the time. Do you get that? <laughs> Not as many as you think, though. Because, really? Um, well, there's two reasons. It's a lot of publicists, managers. Other drummers referring other people. Right. I read all of them. I keep all of them in a folder. I always, and when I tell people that they're on my radar, that means I look at their stuff. If there's something that's like not happening, that's able, because you want to be able to cross promote something right. too. 
um, unless they're like huge, you know, unless they're like you know, Matt, like Chad Smith, you know, that's someone I, I don't need right. to like justify having them on with a promotional time, but it's helpful to have mm-hmm. something current. Like, well, I had a record out 10 years ago. Like, mm, right. unless you're a legend, that's like a tough sell. Mm-hmm. So, but I, every, every recommendation that comes in, I read and I look at and I look at their playing if I don't know them. Right. And I give everyone a, a fair shake. But remember, and any drummer who's listening right now who gives a shit if they're asked or not, or even if they don't, I'm just telling you the honest truth is um, uh, I, this is a television show. Right. And at the end of the day, uh, you have to come in and nail these cues and hang with the band and look and look great and play great on TV. And that's, that's, that doesn't mean that it's age bias. It's certainly not gender bias. I'm on the hunt for um, women mm-hmm. to do more women to do the show um, and just have more diversity in our bookings. But the diversity to me comes also from the style, the mm-hmm. genre. There's, there's, the, there's gender and, and the human stuff. But the reality is, I see it as the music to me and the style defines is the diversity. Right. But um, you want to make sure that everyone is represented and that's not a modern take. That's the correct take. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's respectful to music and to drums and to humanity. Right. Is to have like the most interesting best drummers. But yeah, if like there are some criteria that don't check out or someone's just a purely jazz player and even though they're, they're a legend, like it's not going to jive with a rock band. Right. Like, you know, we, we know that you can end on the and, and, E and of three, uh, and you, that's where your fill's going to land, but, like, that's not, that's not where the show's going to start. Right. And we don't want to hear your fill, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's, that's a warning to a lot of, like, proggy players and fusiony players and jazz players who are, it's not, you don't want to trick the band. Right. You want to, like, you, we, we don't want to play hide the one. Please don't hide the one. <laughs> and, all, it's, and I say to the Jeremy Tweak, here's, end on the one. Yeah. yeah, but oh, it wasn't at that part in the in the phrase. Like, I don't care. It's not about you. It's not about the. Fr- it's about TV. This is a and, television show. Yeah, like I spoke to Terry Lynn Carrington. We're trying to get her on the show. And anyone who's ever played, I think uh, Vinny Vinny did. Um, Vinny did. Uh, what show did Vinny did Vinny do? Joan Rivers. Cal Uta definitely played on. Uh, I think with, on the Joan Rivers show. So he's a TV drummer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's. What oh it was. yeah, he was like that. He was the guy. The house drummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it was. Jo- was it Joan? I know he did. It's Joan. Yeah. It is. I'm pretty sure it is because I remember. And then uh, Terry Lynn, Terry Lynn uh, did Arsenio, I believe. I mean, she. So these are like, and Ter- those people know Anton right. when he came in. Like those people know. Did you have Quest? No. Oh, you you know we haven't. Uh, we've we've he was spoken a, about it. He was a. Um, he was a. Was he a guest on the? Where was no. he? No. I remember. He was him. a guest on Fallon. He was, recently for his book. Oh, for his book. Yes. Right. right. I would love to have Quest on. That's an open invite. I think that's just like, that's another guy. He's like Fred. Right. But he's not doing the show. He's on tour of the roots. He's DJing at Brooklyn Bowl. He's doing other musical projects. He's writing books. Right. God bless. Thank God we have drummers like that, like him, Fred, who are out there like spreading the word about drums, music, mm-hmm. and like life stuff. Yeah. Artistic stuff. So that's, you know, if Quest listens to this podcast, he knows like he's always welcome. I think it's just a question of if and when he can do it. You know, right. finding a week, he can't do both shows. You know right. what I mean? Like he just can't. But um, that's Fred should do. Sound. Should swap it up on weeks. I mean, we've. That's always. That's that's always the dream. You know, to really mix it up. I mean, we we had a show where sometimes Jimmy was on our show a couple of weeks ago, and then him and uh, he, Seth came on the end of his show. Then they walked. They filmed them walking through the hallways, and then Jimmy dropped him off to do his show, and then Jimmy came on uh, uh, the show. You know, in the third right. act to be a guest. So that's that seamless um, interconnectivity between all the shows is something that. 
I wish we could do more of it, and I'm sure we will. Because mm-hmm. we got to do a show every night, man. So That's we got to mix it up. So um, why I don't understand why you haven't asked me to come on the You're doing the, the you, show. You, are you kidding? I, guys, uh, anyone who's listening, Nick, Nick already has uh, a T-shirt, <laughs> and he's already been allowed in the building. And he's going to get to watch rehearsal. Um, All right, fair enough. But you know what's an interesting point about that? The, just for the record, I was I was, I was kidding. No, you've already brought it up three or four times outside of this, but you're just kidding. I get it. No, I get it. <laughs> no, I really don't want to. Uh, no, no, no. Who would? I don't. The want, thing. I don't want to I'll tell you the thing about a uh, criteria thing that people ask me, and this is just being honest, of course, about like the the booking stuff. Um, there's so many people that I have to get to who are pure drummers and and drum only. It's no disrespect, obviously, if I do a podcast, but like, there's been lots of people like, well, I also play drums and I'm a famous person. Or I'm a comedian and stuff. Right, and it's right. just like, I I feel like if I start um, sidetracking off pure like drummers. is so long of drummers. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. So what, am, and then if I start doing that, then it opens the floodgates. Remember, I'm co-running the show. I oversee like ad sales, digital, lots of behind the scenes stuff. Um, our segment producers who produce the guests every mm-hmm. night. I, the posts of the show, all the promo stuff um, that I do to keep the show running. Right. Which is like my great joy too. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. drums are like my great hobby passion and TV is like my dream job. Do you know what I mean? Right. And like I love comedy and I come from that world. So I feel like if I make an exception and um, and start letting people on who are like, well, they're they're known as an actor. They're known as a comic. They're known as a, a podcaster and a drum uh, community connector and um, entrepreneur like you. I, I, I risk opening it up to becoming an avalanche. And then it becomes, why not this person? Why not that yeah. person? I just don't have the time. And to be honest with you, like, there's players that I will, I could do this job for the rest of my life. I will not get on the show that exactly. I need to. So exactly. it is, it's just me being honest. It's mm-hmm. being honest about, like, what I think the job is. And if I, if, you know, Fred and I talked about this too, like, if we open it up that way, it just becomes, like, a thing. I think that's smart. And you have, like you said, there's... 8,000 drummers that you could have on that so I'll who's never on the get list? Them all. like who's on the who's on the the want list is there any sort of like Carter Carter Buford is <sighs> a big one dude if Carter Beaufort comes on is it Beaufort what well tell him tell him that I said his name wrong that maybe he'll want to come on the show if if you get that dude on the show yeah I might I may like I may hassle you to get a ticket to come to the show or something. That dude, he's like my that's my favorite drummer. I learned how to play drums I, by listening to Carter. I do not like Dave Matthews band. I will tell you that straight up. I just don't get them. And the seven people that are listening to the podcast are now going to know. That that's fine. How yeah. dare they? But I couldn't believe that guy in college. I was like, you know, I was tweaking out on that guy. Yeah. He's a freak. Yeah. And um, no social media presence. Mm-hmm. He's um, a he's a very so uh, Miguel from Modern Drummer did a. Uh, interview with him yes and he's like it recently took, he's uh, yeah uh last summer okay but he was like it took him five years yeah to do, and like then they went in he went to do the interview and they like vetted him and they were like watching his videos online and read his art and like they were really he's just he's from what i hear carter's just super private not in like a like a rock starish way he's just when he's on off the road no phone no no email like he's just he just wants to be more himself. people should be like that yeah He's More like, people. I just want to be, I just want to be myself. I just, I'm, and then I'll go on the road and I'll play. And Some of us don't have that luxury. Right. Um, so Carter, so who else? Um, Carter, um, obviously Pert. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, and then, but like, you know, look, I've been talking, Terry Lynn Carrington's been on my list since the beginning. She's just busy. Yeah. And then um, it was the same with like Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. Busy. Um, 
uh, there's, I'm trying to think who else that I really, you know, Lars. Mm -hmm. I love Lars, Tommy, guys like that I want to come in. Like, guys with big personalities, like, you know, you also want them to be themselves, but like, to have those guys come in and take a bit of a back seat, like, it's hard to tell them to do that, but I, we would figure it out, you right. know what I mean? Like, I remember like, um, Chad Smith came in, you know, and like, he, that was the first thing we're like, oh, like he wanted to ha like wear his hat. And I'm like, well, he's got to wear his hat. That's his thing. But like, you know, we, there's logos and all sorts of TV boring concerns I won't get into here because they will bore you. But um, we were trying to figure all that stuff out. And like Chad would finish a song, just like Matt Sorum, who's great, by the way. Both those guys, amazing at, at the gig. They would come in and they would finish. They would stand up and like grab, you know, do a symbol grab and they'd be standing up like they're playing to 30,000 people because they will play to 200 people like they play to 30,000 right. people because that's who they are because that's how they're, they run. Right. And it was great energy, but like, it's almost like shocking. You could tell the camera was taken aback <laughs> because the environment is so like set up for like subtlety. Mm -hmm. You know, you can still play hard and fast and like there's very few guys that come on the show and really break a sweat because it's so stop and start mm -hmm. the whole, the whole gig. But, um, those are guys with those big King Kong personalities, big rock rock legends that come in that um, the kid and drummer and me and also the, you know, the drum, more educated drum person as I get older knows these guys are legends mm -hmm. and they should be here. But, um, you know, ch I talked to Chambers and guys like that. I'm like, honestly, I don't know if he's like a, the best match with the band. Right. But like the, the, the band knows, I know, like we'll have these guys in and, and make it work. Yeah. Uh, but like Brian Fraser Moore is coming in a couple weeks. Is he? Nice. Yeah, he. But he's he's been on the road forever, mm -hmm. and so it's been hard to link up. But like I, again, I, I had thirty emails with Steve Smith before it happened. Right. Um, and but then it happened, and then the tour it opened up, and that's the thing that just finding finding weeks at work because I, I don't book out too far in advance because. I, if Fred wants to come in, like I always leave it open for him because it's his band. Right. And once I find his schedule, then I book around him mm -hmm. because it's it, that's the right way to do it. And also, like, I want to flex a little bit. So, um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Well, it really is. I, I should be more prepared for the question. But man, I've had like like when I've had like John Stanier, Matt Cameron, Jimmy Chamberlain. Those are like my dudes from growing up. Like, and <laughs> and then to be around them, like. I'm not in awe of them, like as people, because mm -hmm. uh, I've been around this my whole life. But I am um, just as a fan of music, and I feel so lucky. To, I'm like, I'm like, I got these guys here, and they're doing it, and they're still great, and they still are playing. Mm -hmm. And the world needs to know. Yeah, the world needs to know about these drummers because if these drummers weren't in these bands, and this again, this is a drumming podcast. If all these drummers who were in these huge rock bands, metal bands, weren't in those bands. I don't think they'd be as famous. I don't think they'd, the whole band as an entity would right. be as big because there's something about the way that whether the average listener knows or not, that way that that drum part was crafted, the way it sounds, uh, it, the way that it tickles the ear of the listener to become an infectious hit. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that it's all too much about the guitar line and the vocal line. And I agree, those are, you could argue that very strongly that those are the main components that determine a song's success or not. Right. I don't care. As a drummer, I feel like when I get these guys on the show and they come see for a week, it is my homage to saying, we he we see you, we respect you, and we know how much you meant to this band. It's like the Ringo thing. You know, oh, he said, you know, you know the whole shitting yeah, on Ringo yeah, yeah. thing, which is like, I used to think that because I didn't know when I was a kid and didn't right. know any better. Then that's, you realize, a, that's just a thing that... But that's yeah. a mainstream dumb thing. Right. But then when you realize that like his parts were so perfect for that band... Mm -hmm. And obviously, John and Paul knew that, right? And and that's why he was in the band. And whatever complaints they had about him, who cares? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like 
people talk about Copeland, you know, it's like Copeland made the police. Oh, but he rushed, he pushed the tempo. Okay, everyone chill out. Doesn't everyone push the tempo or drag (laughs) or whatever it is? And there's a couple people who have amazing tempo. We can't all be Larry Mullen Jr., which is another guy I'd love to have. But you know what I mean? Like, these are uh, the the drummer is the unsung hero of the band. And people say that, and I I know I'm getting a little long winded, but people say that if you don't have a good drummer in a band, musician, if you don't have a good drummer in a band, you don't have a great band. I saw the Misfits with Dave Lombardo on drums the other night. And the Misfits, you can say all day long, like, you love them, they're amazing. They're unsung, but they never had a great drummer. Mm-hmm. And now they have Dave Lombardo, who is a master and played those parts perfectly punky and perfectly accurate and and was awesome. He made those songs songs. Right. And that was, I'm like, oh yeah. Just this, rem- it reminded me of like, I am, my philosophy, I really believe in it because drummers need to be honored. And whenever, you know, Letterman would be like, oh, nice drums, you know, and always right. talk about the drums. And I'm like, oh, he he must know. He that's his ode. It's his little slide. What was the thing? Like, Are those your drums? Those your drums? Oh, nice yeah. drum. Nice drums. You got there. Always something. <laughs> yeah. And that to me, I really like Dave because I'm like Dave's really in tune with the drums and the drummers. Do you think it was he was do- like because he was paying? Don't care. To me, it spoke to me through the TV that way right. that he recognizes the drummer. And what I try to do here each week is recognize and and give the drummer as much attention as I can, with it still being about the most important thing, which is Seth in the show. Right. Which I think you, you are doing uh, perfectly. I so. appreciate it. But it's, it is a, it is a team effort. It is if the band wasn't on board, you know, like I said, if Seth right. and Shoemaker and Lauren and Fred certainly uh, uh, weren't on board and they wouldn't trust me to do this, we wouldn't have it, and mm-hmm. we need it. We, yeah. we really do. And like, look, what if Fred stayed on guitar and we had to replace putting guitar players every week? I'd honestly probably let, you know, I'd probably like, you know, I'd certainly oversee it because that's my job. But like, I would much more be like, hey, who do you guys want? Right, like band, you know, guitar players for me is a completely different personality type. If we're going to make a blanket statement about right. them, which we all have some descriptors, I'm sure we'd like to throw out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I understand drummers, I know drummers, and then I have the history and the respect for them. So like, just so great. I mean, lucky, lucky, lucky man, for sure. I love it. We did it. You know, Eric. Thanks, my Nick man. Graffini. That was great. Hey, thanks for coming. Um, I hope the t-shirt got you fits. And, uh, uh, I hope so too. Maybe we we'll get you a mug. So I mean, I could just do. I, I just, I mean, look, if, God forbid, if Stephen Wolf drops dead tonight, I will not play drums. I will bring you out and you can If he drops dead, he's coming out to play drums. Why don't you sit on his lap? There you have it. The one and only Eric Lederman. And I'm guessing now that you're going to be watch, if you're not already, you're going to be watching Late Night with Seth Myers to see who the drummer is on there and he has a a long list of people who he's trying to get on there who are in the works and and all that stuff so just a really cool thing that he's doing and i want to personally thank him for inviting me and my buddy dylan wissing in and we got to do the interview and then we hung out at the show met seth myers uh watched the recording all that kind of stuff so it was a, it was a really fun time so i want to thank him personally for that and if you're ever in new york you should definitely go to see the show as well i think the tickets are free yeah they are the tickets are free so anywho thanks so much for listening i do appreciate it and be sure to thank eric for being a part of this as well and until the next podcast keep drumming and i'll be talking to you soon peace